0: Take me back when I was a kid, never had to worry about what I did, but I'm a man now, what's the plan now, gotta get it done, no time for fun now. Take me back when I was a kid, never had to worry about what I did, but I'm a man now, what's the plan now, gotta move on. Who the F is Mike Young would like to thank our incredible sponsor Blue Team. Ain't nothing funny about a commercial disaster or renovation project. Blue Team handles all aspects of construction, roofing, and disaster recovery for commercial property owners and operators throughout the U.S. No company comes even close to Blue Team. Blue Team handles the projects from start to finish so our clients can focus on running their business, and that is no joke. Call the experts at Blue Team at 855 522 2583, Blue Team. Anywhere, anytime. All right. Don't sue me. Don't sue me for playing the Wu Tang Clan while I'm driving back from Las Vegas, man. Don't sue me for playing the Wu Tang Clan while I'm driving back from Las Vegas, man. I'll lower it. Mike Young. Who the F is Mike Young coming back from Vegas? Amazing two-day trip Saw my old college buddies You know, listen I know all the high-level motivational speakers And all these preachers And people telling you about moving forward And getting ahead in life And they always tell you don't reminisce And don't talk about your past And you know, you don't need to live in the past And You don't need to live in the past But let me tell you something if you had a great past with some great friends, there is nothing wrong with talking about it or being around it or getting together with those friends and reminiscing about old times, alright? Because that's what stories are made of. So don't get confused out there. Alright? Don't get tricked into thinking that it's not cool to talk about old times and reminisce and have some laughs and don't 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 think it's not cool. Don't think it's not good. Yes, you got to live in the moment. Think about the future. Build your future. Get your life together. Plan for the future. Do the best you can. Yeah, we get it. We get all that. But guess what? If you had a past, talk about it. If you had some fun and you were lucky enough to go to school or make some great friends and you get together with those friends and you're all still alive 30 years after you all met and you're lucky enough to have that experience... Well, damn, enjoy it Get together, laugh A poet said And I'm not sure what poet it was But it might have been Little Wayne We are all a part Of everyone we've met I actually think the poet Or the author was Lord Tennyson Who I don't know who that is I just remember the quote We are, all, we are part of all that we have met Meaning we're a culmination of everybody we've met Well, I could tell you right now after this weekend in Vegas, I am part five foot six New York City, tiny little redheaded smoker with a gambling problem from a trust fund family of multi millions of dollars who may never see a dime, who now has to drive an Uber but might be the funniest person I've ever met in my life. So I am part little redhead. I am part quiet New Yorker who. Worked on Wall Street, made a bunch of money, got in a little bit of trouble with some people. A couple people might have gone to jail. And now he's back living life with a good family and he's a good dude. I am part real estate agent slash had to go live on a kibbutz because his discipline was so bad as a kid that he couldn't stay in school and got thrown out of every school he was ever in. I'm part fat, short-haired jew (laughs) jewish kid who was born into a trust fund family and grew up with so much money that he didn't know what it was to go out and get a job on his own and i am part garment district kid entrepreneur and these were my friends that i just spent three days with and it was hilarious and i had a blast with them and i wanted to you know this the podcast is called Who the F is Mike Young and I think sometimes you learn about who you are through the people that you're around or the people you gravitated towards or the people that you met and I'll just tell you this I went to University of Arizona I was lucky 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 enough I didn't know anybody when I went there I knew one or two kids from Michigan from my hometown that went there but we didn't really hang and I met all brand new people as a kid who didn't know a single soul And I was lucky enough to meet a group of dudes, and we just had the time of our lives in college. And U of A was a big fraternity town, a big fraternity school, but none of us joined a fraternity because we all gravitated towards each other, and we were the bad news bears with the best time ever. We were all not great students. We were all, you know, whatever, partiers. We were all I was a basically I was a hood from Southfield, Michigan, and I got to school. And I remember the first week of school, I was coming fresh out of Southfield, you know, right next to Detroit, summer league basketball, hip hop fanatic, loved rap music. Still we- I was wearing track suits. I got to college day 1, I hung up all my track suits in my new room didn't hadn't yet met my roommates came back 3 hours later I met my roommate he's like hey man this is so cool one of our roommates must be a basketball player and I said what are you talking about he's like yeah look in the closet there's all track suits I was like oh those are mine and he was like what and that was my boy Zach and Zach became one of my best friends for life and 30 years later we are still I don't see them a lot, I don't get to see my boys a lot, but it was just a great weekend of reminiscing and it's one of my favorite things about going to college because I got to meet kids that were from way different backgrounds. So growing up in Southfield was very middle class, working class in some parts of Southfield. Hints of what an upper class could look like a couple miles away, but that wasn't us And Zach, Zach was my first wealthy friend. First kid I ever met that had real money. His dad started a sunglass company in New York back in the 60s or 70s. They got bought out by Foster Grant. All I know is... One year, Zach was like, hey, man, do you guys want to go stay at my dad's apartment in New York? I'm like, hell yeah, let's go to New York. And I'm thinking Brooklyn. I'm thinking Stoops. I'm thinking we're going to go, you know, play basketball. No. His dad had a penthouse suite in the 100 United Nation Plaza building. And we were blown. I was blown away. I was like, what is this? There's a TV that comes up electronically from the... From the cabinet You just push a button And he's got a TV that rises up He's got a balcony overlooking the city He's got like Morgan Fairchild As his next door neighbor You know three doors down is a professional hockey player In the building are celebrities And I'm just like what is going on Because this kid doesn't He doesn't act spoiled He doesn't look He doesn't treat anybody Like he's better than them But he was my first Roommate and my first friend That I saw like wow You can really go out there And well it it was Really his father that inspired me To be an entrepreneur and have that mentality Because Zach I love you buddy But he, he should have been a comedian Because he's probably my funniest friend like Every time I see him, I make him tell a story about how a tow truck backed up and punctured his lung and he couldn't speak and he was on the street in New York and he couldn't talk and a homeless guy rolled over and the only things that could do was pick up a rock and draw the word, he could he carved into the cement the word track because his mom was a gambler and his mom used to take him to the track all the time and she was betting on horses. At Belmont Stakes or whatever the horse racing track was in New York But he used to tell this story And it was to this day one of the funniest stories of all time And it was just great to see Zach again Because he's still damn funny And he's always got a story And it's always 50% true And you never know what the story is Because this weekend he just got done telling Now Zach sells houses, he's married, he's got two kids You know, he's selling real estate, he's doing good but now he's telling a story. He tells me that he sold a house to a guy who was like a multimillionaire but could have been a shady gangster type of guy. And the guy wanted to celebrate the sale of the house. And so he got Zach to smoke a joint, but he put the joint in something called a dab. And when they Zach took a, to a hit of the joint, he said 30 seconds later when he walked out of the house, he just fell out and went to sleep on the front lawn. And he woke up like seven hours later from a neighbor gardener. The gardener of the neighbor woke him up and said, hey, man, are you okay? Do I need to get you to the hospital? And Zach was like, no, no, what time is it? He's like, it's 7 o'clock at night. He's like, you've been sleeping on the front lawn. So Zach is a gifted storyteller and one of my favorite people to be around. Of course, he's 40 pounds overweight right now, and I worry about all my friends. And I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm trying to stay healthy, and I'm trying to get my boys in shape just so they can feel better. So Zach, it was great it was great seeing Zach. My other buddy Buzzy, it's almost impossible to describe this person. But as a kid in college, I thought he went to college with me because he was in college with us. Well, I didn't figure it I didn't learn until two years after I graduated. He wasn't in class. He was just hanging out at U of A for fun. He was just a super he was a wealthy kid from New York who showed up at U of A in a red Corvette. And he was the funniest kid you've ever met, besides Zach. Like the two, the, all my friends are funnier than me. I can't believe I'm the one that became a comedian, but he is one of the funniest people ever. And Buzzy, I don't even know how to describe him, except he's a little redheaded, hyperkinetic, cigarette smoking Arthur. When Dudley Moore played Arthur, he's from a wealthy family. He's the comedy version of the TV show Succession. Right now he's in a full-blown lawsuit and he's driving an Uber because his family didn't give him any money after his father passed. So his father passed away. There was a big trust for the family and Buzzy didn't get any money. And he's he's suing the family. Everybody's in a lawsuit. Buzzy's in Vegas. After his run as a poker player and a, and that was his business, now he's driving an Uber, but he's got the best funniest spirit of anyone you've ever seen. He chain smokes cigarettes. He chain drinks gin and tonic. And he's basically one of the best gamblers you've ever seen in your life. And he's highly intelligent, but he's next to being homeless. But we all took care of him this weekend, made sure he had a good time. We paid for his dinner because we know one day he's probably going to battle the family and inherit millions of dollars. But he is just one of the funniest characters you've ever met. I'm definitely... Definitely going to put Buzzy on stage At some point Because he talks like this Hey Mike it's great being here you know what I mean It's so great being here no I'm doing fine I'm doing fine all the people that come into my Uber Are very nice everyone's very nice I'm definitely going to get a job it just depends I got to sue my family so hopefully that money comes down From the family and if I win that lawsuit Everybody's going to be happy (laughs) And he laughs at his own jokes And it's just it It was a two day Love fest And I got to tell you, man, so many comedians and so many people do negative. They just live in the negative because it's easier for them to find the negativity than it is to find the positive. And I've just never been that kind of comedian. I've never been that kind of dude. I don't, I don't, I've always loved the funny and I've always just stayed positive with it. But this was a great two days and it lets you know who you are. And this ain't no Hollywood shit These were not my Hollywood boys This was not going to Vegas for Leo's birthday on a private plane With dudes with, you know, all access to everywhere This was a hilarious weekend getaway with my boys from college of 30 years And then there's my boy Stu Stu is, how do I, how do I explain Stu? Stu is clean He just comes down, Stu's been working on Wall Street, works and sells bonds, stocks and bonds. Finally, this weekend I had to go, because I never understand what any of my friends do when they work on Wall Street. Some of them are investment bankers, some are starting hedge funds, some are in the bond market. I said, Stu, what is a bond? What's a bond? What is a bond? So he explained to me that when you put money into a company... Sometimes they will give you stock options. Those are stocks. And then sometimes you own a bond, meaning you own a part of that company. I still don't fully understand it. And I'm starting to think that I'm only good at a few things. And one of them is not comprehension when somebody is explaining something to me. And he explained what a bond was. I just know that you own a piece of a company that you invested in. I don't know how you get your money back or if there's a deal worked out, but Stu is, he's about the money. He's got clean white shoes. He wears a pink shirt, always buttoned up properly, always clean shaven, hair is always to the side perfectly, and he's drinking all day because somewhere deep in his soul, he is stressed the hell out from having a family and working in Wall Street for 25 years, Um. So it was great seeing Stu. It was great seeing Buzzy. It was great seeing Zach. Zach, you fat ass, you better get your ass in shape and start eating fruit till noon. Jordy, my boy Jordy. Jordy's been in the garment district for his whole life, ever since I've known him. I think his family was in the business, but he he has like sample sales all over New York City, so he's in the clothing world. And Jordy like me is is still is single. You know, Going through the motions, trying to figure it all out in New York City And Jordy's a little hyper, a little neurotic, hyperkinetic Finally we got him on edibles and he's chilling out He's taking a bite off the head of a gummy bear and he's very calm So it was me, Zach, Buzzy, Jordy, my boy Giddens Who's like my arch ne- nemesis, great friend because we're both tall, athletic dudes that like girls and so in college we were always just hilariously trying to talk to the same girl and just, just fun, funny banter. And there's something to be said about when you know people for 30 years, you know? We all move on in life, we all get new friends, we all get new relationships, we all meet new people But you damn well know what I'm talking about And this goes for everybody that in the last 10-12 years you've made these new friends And you started and you know you got into a different business and these are your people And you go out to dinner with the new couples and, But let me tell you something, you don't know them You don't know them like you think you know them They only give you 24% of their personality. They only give you 25%. I don't know where I'm coming up with these numbers, but it's just what I feel like. They only give you a little bit of their history. You know what I mean? You don't know the depth of what it is to have a friend for almost your whole life. And if you do, and a lot of you do, how great is that? How great is it where you can just sit back, let your walls down, let all the guards down, and just be you? Hey, man, shit's not going great. Hey, man, you know, this happened, that happened. Hey, man, I got divorced and I'm really in a tough spot. I don't know how this is going to go. Hey, man, I'm having a hard time with my wife. You know what I mean? We're just just people that reveal themselves and tell you the truth because that's what we all need. We all need to drop the bullshit, drop the guard. You know what I mean? Especially in our world. Entertainment, Please. I get around comedians. I've known comedians for 15 years. I don't even know them. I don't even know them at all. You think you know them? You don't know them. Try going up to the comedy store and having a real conversation with a comedian. Please. It's banter, 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 banter. Who could be funnier? Who could be funnier? Who could be funnier? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. That's what it is to talk to a comedian. At every level. Now, I got a couple comedians... Sebastian, Tony Rock, Brett Ernst, a few others that we can just break that wall down and have our Bob Saget, you know what I mean? We draw, We the, the wall comes down, we can be real with each other, and it's just great to be real, you know? But most comedians, they put that wall up, and listen, that's just what it is. Comedy is a solo art. It's not a group working environment. It's just a A Dude in a microphone It's a solo one man show And so a lot of them don't have great Social skills I don't come From the socially awkward background So I think I'm a little more Well adjusted when it comes to Socializing So I'm just telling You that I'm tired Of everybody saying forget the past Man who wants to reminisce bro Think about the future man build your My future's already set bro My future's already good. If I put in the discipline and the work, I'm just going to be on the path that I'm on. So don't don't tell me about not reminiscing. It's fun to reminisce. When I see my boy Jesse... And he wants to bring up the story, and I'm talking about my boy Jesse Itzler, the 100-mile man, married to Sarah Blakely who created Spanx. He's been friends, we've been friends for 25 years. I signed the ketubah at his wedding. When I see him, and he wants to bring up the time where he had me and my brother in a canoe trying to follow him on a paddleboard mission for 30 miles, and me and my brother lost him in the first eight minutes... And he got dehydrated and I had to call a driver to drive us around Manhattan to find him on the water so I could throw him his water and his sandwich. That story to this day still holds up as one of the greatest stories of all time. As a story that made it into his book, Living with the Seal, a bestseller that put him on tour and took him to another level. I'm going to tell those stories. I'm going to love to hear those stories because it fills my heart with joy and I get laughter out of it. And if you don't have laughter in your life and you don't have stories in your life, then you're missing out, all right? So don't come at me with that don't reminisce shit. I know. I saw The Sopranos where Tony Soprano was at the table and he, all, the, all the guys were reminiscing about their time in the day. And Tony stood up and he goes, you know, reminiscing's the lowest art form or whatever he said, reminiscing is the low. I forgot what he said, but he put it down. But that's because they were talking about killing people when they were 12, that's not the shit I'm talking about Those aren't stories I want to relive I'm talking about getting together with old friends Who you love to be around Who you can drop the guard around And you can just let it go and let it fly And be all you Because in Hollywood you gotta act like shit's different You got to Sometimes you gotta act like I don't act like shit I don't even act like I don't tell I don't tell bullshit in LA You know, if shit's not going good Yo, it's not going good if things are going great, I still don't get excited. It could end tomorrow. You know? So coming off this weekend after a great weekend in Vegas and we all gambled and we all knew how much money we wanted to lose and we were prepared to lose so you just go at it and you have fun gambling. None of us that were on this trip are big gamblers. That's another section of friends that I have that's for another podcast. You know, I have friends that live in the gambling world that are not afraid to gamble, that gamble heavy, Mm -hmm. that gamble hard, that gamble real deal, that will walk in, gamble, and walk away with a key to somebody else's house, that will gamble and all of a sudden their life has changed for better or for worse, that will gamble and have to go collect money and somebody has to get hired to go get that money. That's a different gambling trip. I don't take those trips because I don't have the gambling bug, and I feel very lucky. So when I go to Vegas, I could chill. It kills me to lose $100, okay? And I'm doing good, but I don't even like to lose money at all. And by the way, six of us got, you know, we all sat at a table together. It was great. Let me tell you something. If any car dealers out there, I don't like when I'm losing money and the dealer wants to have a personality contest with me. I don't want your jokes I don't want your personality, I don't want you to half flip that card and think it's funny to pause, flip the damn card and show me what's going on bro, I'm losing money, I don't care if it's $5 or $100, it's all money you could eat with, okay, so here's to you dealers, stop with the personality tricks, be friendly, be cool, but keep it moving, don't play games, alright, don't play games, we had this one dealer who was trying to out personality everybody, He had little tricky, weird magician hands. His hands were fluttering and flickering all over the place. Sometimes I felt like he was switching up cards. I don't know what was going on. He's telling jokes. We're all losing money. He's flipping the card and then holding it halfway and then bam. You know what I mean? Then he'll flip it later. Yo, bro, you're messing with my heartbeat. Don't mess with my heartbeat. I'm in rhythm right now. Don't put me out of rhythm. This dude was putting me out of rhythm. I didn't like it at all. And I'm the hood of my group, so my friends know that I'll say some foul shit and everything could go south quickly, but I'm learning. Anyway, so it was me, Zach, Giddens, Jordy, Buzzy, Dave, and Stu. A couple of my boys couldn't make it out there. My brother didn't make it out there. I didn't really tell my brother about it because I wasn't even sure I was going till like the second to last day because... I've just been fake busy in LA, and when you're fake busy, you got to pretend that you're really busy. And so I thought maybe I would have to stay back and do my work on. We're we're repitching the Run DMC show, so I'm I'm going into 50 Cent's company, G Unit. I'm really I want to get a hold of 50 Cent, and I probably could before I go into that meeting. He's not going to be in there, but the head of his development is, and you know how I am because. The podcast is called Who the F is Mike Young And you know that I just I break rules and I don't really play by The the rules that the Businesses are built on So like in my mind I already know that I met 50 Cent 20 years ago Right before Jam Master Jay passed away <clears throat> And I met 50 in Jesse's office And I met 50 Cent when he was just about to break out as a superstar And Jam Master Jay was mentoring him And he was in sweatpants and a t-shirt 50 was in the corner I swear to you, he was writing rhymes on a yellow legal pad And he stood up, I shook his hand And I remember, I don't know why I remember this But I remember shaking 50's hand And he had an iron hand He had a big, giant, iron hand And I said to Jay, damn, that kid's got knockout hands And Jay's like, yeah, he motherfucking knocks people out And Jay's like, yo, we're going to pass out 50 cent pieces all over the city and we're going to make them huge. This kid's going to be the next big thing. And sure enough, 50 cent became 50 cent. Curtis Jackson went on to become a superstar. And I kind of love 50. I don't have the balls to have the beef that he does, but believe me, I would love to write a rap that Is somewhere in the vein of his His first mixtape that blew him up Called How to Rob Where he talks about robbing every Every rapper that was big And it was like who is this dude Who is not afraid to put this out I might do that You know what I mean just for fun I'll just do a rap about all comedians What up you wanna floss Jeff Ross call Sebastian on the roof We're selling out the garden What you got some proof I don't know Chris D'Elia I'ma see ya when I see ya I'll just start rapping about comedians And see what happens Uh, But my issue is I got no beef I never had beef The only beef I had was with When I got sucker punched in Florida And that guy put me out in a bad way And then I had a situation (laughs) I had an organized crime situation That went south That's for another podcast I'll tell you that story Because that definitely fits into Who the F is Mike Young Because people are going to be like This dude's a comedian. How did he get involved in that? Well, that's another story. But the whole point of this podcast is if you got good friends and you got old friends that you love being around, go be around them, man. Go have some fun. Go reminisce about about old times. We told so many stories. You know, we were wild at University of Arizona. We were crazy back then. You know we were partying, drinking, hitting the weed. We were right near Mexico, so people were selling weed. You know what I mean I found out one of my boys was you know probably made thirty thousand a semester. I had no idea what was going on back there. In college, I used to box because I was I was an amateur boxer, so I was at the South Tucson boxing out of the Cronk West Boxing Gym, also taking a part-time job while in college at the boxing gym, waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning, going to the Tucson airport, picking up fighters. I picked up Michael Moore, who was the heavyweight champion of the world. I picked up Dennis Andres, John David Jackson. Uh, I, I almost said Buddy McGirt, but I don't know if Buddy McGirt was there. Ray Medell. Jesse Benavides, world class, world champion boxers. I was my job was in the mornings, pick them up if they had if they were coming in from out of town, take them to the gym, get them situated, drop them at their hotel if they had to. I would pick up coffee and donuts for the other people that worked out at the gym. Rest in peace, Vince Gonzalez. Vince Gonzalez was the owner of Cronk West Boxing. Um, everybody told me later he was connected in the you know Mexican cartel world. I never asked questions. I loved him. He loved boxing so much. When I met him, and when I met Michael Moore, he was a light heavyweight champion. And Vince Gonzalez told me this guy's going to be heavyweight champion of the world one day. He's got the hardest left hand you've ever seen. He spoke the truth. Michael Moore would hit the heavy bag and the bag would fold in half. And I don't know if you've ever seen a boxer hit a heavy bag and the bag folds in half. You could see it in old George Foreman videos when he was training for Ali. But other than that, I never saw anything like it. But it was impressive and scary. So, you know, we had lots of fun. We talked about, you know, all my boys back in the day, they all came to my boxing tournament in South Tucson. And I remember, I remember I was so scared all day to buy. I was so scared in my first fight that I got like a headache. I just, I gave myself a headache. I was very sensitive. I could easily give myself a headache or a stomachache at any given thought. I could think myself into any sort of problem. That's why I was a hypochondriac. The whole That's another podcast. But all my boys came down to the airplane hangar where the fight was, and me and my brother were boxing in amateurs while at University of Arizona. And my dad happened to be visiting that weekend, but I was scared to tell him that I was fighting because I knew he wouldn't be happy with me actually being in a tournament. He knew that I boxed because my dad got us into boxing through Kronk boxing which was in detroit and they had fighters come to the to the gym that my dad worked at and teach us how to box so not trying to brag i'm just saying i had really good hands as a kid and you know when you have a little bit of slow feet but really good hands you you can box so i got really good at boxing really quickly so I boxed in the amateurs. All my boys came down to the airplane hangar. My dad was down there and drove us down there. My dad was like, "Yo, your mom would kill me if she knew you were boxing. This is a bad idea. I do not like my son's fighting. I don't like this. I don't want to see you get hurt." And we just as soon as we got there and I remember my brother got in the ring. He he fought before I did cuz he was lighter. They went from lighter to heavier in the in the tournaments. And so my brother got in the ring, and as soon as the bell rang, I just heard my dad go, Kill him, Rob! Take his head off! And so I knew my dad was all in, and my brother did take the guy's head off. And my brother, who is... Every now and then you get a freak of nature. You know, you get somebody, you get like a, an Indomitian Sioux person who's like stronger for some reason than everybody else, and it has nothing to do with weightlifting. It's just, you're born with like concrete in your bones, And you're just stronger. Well, my brother is stronger than everybody I know. He'll knock anybody out. It's just the way it is. I know everyone's got a tough guy in their neighborhood, and everybody's got someone they come out bragging about. All my boy, everyone, yo, you should have met Aaron. My boy Aaron was knocking every. Well, Aaron probably was tough, and there's like a guy from every area. But my brother has that kind of strength, mixed with good looks and being in shape. He looked like Troy Aikman with superhero strength. So my brother, in his fight, he fought a six-foot-two Mexican gangbanger with tattoos on his neck who had way more fights than my brother, and my brother stopped him in the second round by basically breaking his face open to the point where it was actually scary. We talked about those days. We talked about—we just talked about—we reminisced about a lot of stories. We did a lot of things at U of A. We had tragedies happen. You know, one of our best friends fell out of a moving car while drunk one night and got run over and it was uh it was tragic and terrible because he was like the coolest dude. And I'll never forget my boy Mike Bloom, who's now the president and CEO of a big film company, First Look Media. Mike knocked on my door, I answered the door and he said, Paul's dead and I remember thinking this cannot be happening and we had a lot of I personally had a lot of tragedy I'll save that also for another podcast For who the F is Mike Young Because all this podcast is about Is trying to figure out who I am Which in turn I want everybody to just kind of think Who the F are you Like everybody needs to be their truth So who are you You know I got the name for the podcast Because I kept getting I kept getting messages Because apparently Joe Rogan Talked about one, talked about me to Brian Callen and he's talked about me a few times on his podcast Much respect to Joe But I kept getting messages saying Yo, are you the Mike Young? Who the F is Mike Young? Are you the guy that Rogan's talking about? So I figured, why not call it Who the F is Mike Young? So, that's that uh, Anyway, we, we experienced a lot of tragedies at college um, My dad passed away while I was in college I'll never forget that That's you know, That was a sad, sad moment in my life, I'll go on the... I'll, it was the saddest moment of my life. It was the life-changing moment of my life. It was the worst moment of my life. And it's what... I guess you could say it made me who I am, but some of those things are good and some of those things are not good, you know? I I have a hard time with relationships and getting close to people because the person I love the most passed away quickly and got ripped out of our life. And so that that messes with you, that that messes with the way you you go one or two ways. You either go right into a relationship all the time and you never want to lose somebody or you're just scared to lose somebody and you never want to have a real relationship and you keep it all moving. And I went, I keep it all moving and it's not good. I'm not proud of it. I'm working on it, but I know where my shit comes from. Um, But that happened in college. And ironically enough, I'm driving back from Vegas right now, but the last time before my dad passed, my dad met us in Vegas. We were all partying together, hanging out, having a blast. My dad was gambling with all my friends and talking shit because my dad, he'd been taking us to Vegas since I was 10 years old because my dad had friends that were connected that ran Vegas. And we would just go there and, you know, we didn't have to pay for anything and we'd just stay in beautiful rooms and suites and go to boxing matches and I was very lucky as a kid you know we didn't have we weren't rich we weren't wealthy but when you're connected like that you feel like you just got the world anyway Um, but after that weekend in Vegas my dad got sick immediately and a week later I got a phone call while I was in college and my dad's and my mom said are you sitting down and I said no she said sit down and I knew bad news was coming and she said dad has cancer but we're going to fight it and we tried but we didn't he had pancreatic cancer And I went right home Two days after I got the news And he passed away Three weeks later And I'll tell that story on another podcast But there's a lot to be said there So it's it's. I just wanted to do this podcast To say be around people you love Be around people that make you feel good be around some old friends unless you don't like your old friends but if you got old friends who know you better than anybody and just you can break down and let that guard down be around them it's okay okay quit listening to bullshit people telling you about only think about the future only think about the present there is nothing wrong how do you think stories get told how do you think stories get made why do you think movies get made why do you think books get written how do you think tv series get done people have memory people have experiences people remember things that are worth telling and they tell them and that's why Stephen King always said storytelling is telepathy writing is telepathy he's taken memories he's taken Stephen King you know took a lot of his dreams actually and put them down and connected to the world but i take memories because i guess god or whatever you want to call it put me He put me in a world where there are so many rich memories that if I didn't tell the stories, I'd be robbing myself and the people around me because the stories are so damn good. You know? And that's it. Anyway, it's a solid podcast. You're going to hear about my sponsor, Blue Team. Blue Team Restoration Anytime there's a catastrophe, anytime there's water damage, fire, flood, mold, anytime there's contents damage in your commercial properties, you're going to call Blue Team. And this is not me doing my speech for my sponsor. I'm just letting you know that I love them for sponsoring and their family. And so, you know, I had to mention them, even though they're going to be mentioned at the top of the podcast already. But I've rebranded Who the F is Mike Young?, Thanks for listening, and this is me talking while in a car coming back from Vegas. God bless. Take me back when I was a kid. Take me Never back Never had now. to worry about oh. what I did. The one two, one, a man two, one, two. Watch the plan it out? now. The Gotta get it down, no time for fun now. Take me back uh. when I was one, a kid. Two. Never had to worry take about back. what I Come did. Back for you. But I'm a man now. Watch the now.